and a happy Monday morning out there to everybody. You know what time it is then. It is time to leap into the week with no other than President CEO of Leap itself, Mr. Patrick Fingles, everyone. How you doing, Patrick? I'm doing good, man. Another Monday, man. Another Monday. Another attack Monday. With Monday baby, let's attack it. That's right. So if you're, uh, if you're headed back in from the weekend, you're kind of wondering, maybe it's your first time joining us. Contractors, I know you can spend time with the family, go out on the boat. You've been doing a lot of good things over the weekend. It's time to switch that off, though, and get back into the work week. We got Patrick Fingles here from Leap to be able to bring you some insight, some knowledge, some perspective, everybody, that's going to help your business get started the right way this week. Now, we got a different topic each and every Monday, and this Monday is no different. We're talking about the age-old battle, everyone. We're talking about that battle between sales, operations, all right? We've all had the, maybe you've been on both sides of it, all right? But for some reason in companies, they cannot seem to get this right. But we're going to see what we can do here with Patrick Fingles. He seems to have a, a real thumb on this because I can assure you, I've been on both sides of his company and seen it. Patrick, what is it, man, with sales and operations? Are they just two different types of people? Are there, are they, is it one more important than the other? Why are there these arguments or what seems to be button heads? What's going on here, man? Yeah, man, listen. It's funny, we talked a while back, I think it was maybe the episode before the last one, you had talked about a sales leader and then you had talked about management. Yeah. When you talk about sales and operations and you go talk to anybody, like they know, we know that like we should partner with operation and we need to partner with sales or some people call it production, partner with production, sales, need to partner and even sales and marketing get it some too, where it's like this, we're going to, we call it schmarketing, right? Like everybody knows you're supposed to get along, that a team is better together. Everybody also knows that their counterpart's job is hard. Salespeople respect the project manager. They get it. You go do a ride along with them, right? Installation manager comes and does a ride along with the salesperson. I have a new appreciation for you, man. It was 10 o'clock at night. You were selling that thing. I can't believe it. Yet every single business, there's divide. Every single business is divide. We also see memes on LinkedIn about empathy, understanding somebody else's situation, being empathetic to them. And we know what it is. I am. Are you an empathetic person? Yeah, I'm an empathetic person. You had lined 100 people up. You empathetic? Yeah, I'm empathetic. Until I'm sitting next to somebody that I don't want to have any empathy that I disagree with, then my empathy goes right after the window, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't think that there's a magic bullet to fix it. Sorry to say. Um, I don't think there's a magic bullet to fix it. And I think that there needs to be a healthy amount of divide. Um, there are exercises that you can do to try to um, to try to create communication. I think communication is really important and truth, you know, giving people a voice to talk their truth. Cause sometimes I just need to say this. And then when people say it, they're like, I don't really, I feel better. I understand your job is hard. We're aligned now. Um, and I know that's a tough one because like we want to fix the problem, but I think regular communication sessions around the, not, not around the problems because there's no such thing as problems, right? Regular communication sessions around the problems, uh, not around the problem, sorry, regular communication sessions around how you feel about the other function. 
dive into that with me. Hold on, dive into that with me. How you feel about the other department, the person? Yeah, about, the, about the other department. So let's say, I mean, you, you labeled it as sales and operations, but let's say it's your production team is pissed off at the sales team because they rate crappy contracts. Sure. Makes sense. So what are you going to try to do? You're going to process that, right? You could spell of a contract compliance department. Now you're kicking it back. Uh, but then there's hearsay. Contract checks the box, but the homeowner said, the salesperson said X, Y, Z was going to happen. I can't do that. You know, or now we have to do the job another day, whatever it is. So you have these kind of back and forths. You know, I think the biggest thing that I've learned in business is, you know, there's a context around problems. Let's talk about that. There's context around problems. And what I mean by that is if I ask you, why don't you like pro what do you, how do you feel about a problem? Like when a, you know, when a, when a, when a problem lands in your lap, in your day, how do you feel about it? Me? Yeah. I just, well, for me, I got to, I got to solve it. I think right away, I want to put the fire out. I got to solve the problem that's in front of me right now. Yeah. Should it happen? No. Okay. Should it happen? Is it a disruption from what you should be doing? Absolutely. Correct. Problems, the context of a problem is it's a disruption. It takes me away from my primary responsibility. That in itself is the problem, is that the context around problems is that they should not occur, they should not be. And that's where sales and production and sales and operations have tit for tat. Because problems most definitely should be. I tried to change the narrative inside the company. So we talk about problems. We don't talk about the problems we're having. We talk about how we handle problems. Because how you handle problems should be just as, it should be second nature. It should be just as smooth as how you handle when there isn't a problem or disruption in the day. Well, success isn't defined by everything going well. Success is just defined by success. That's typically a blend. Like, why did I get this flat tire? I shouldn't get a flat tire. This is such a problem. Now I'm going to be late. What are you talking about, man? Tires are made out of rubber. There's nails on the, on the road. Like in its simplest form, flat tires should happen. So don't tell me you shouldn't have got a flat. Like it should happen. So what I mean by that, so, you know, when you sit in a room and you get sales and operations and you put all the problems, this disruptions on the wall, and you try to necessarily solve them all instead of just embracing the idea that they should exist and we're going to deal with them on a case-by-case basis, that's typically the best way to get at it, unless you have what's called breakdown. Breakdown is different than a problem. A breakdown is a reoccurrence of something that shouldn't happen, like... It's a breakdown. It disrupts. It stops business. We can't operate in this state. It is lo no longer productive. A salesperson making a promise to a homeowner to get a contract signed and then throwing that over the fence to their counterpart and it being off the contract is not an impair to business. It doesn't stop your business. Your project manager solves it. It's a pain in his butt. It's something that should have happened. Problem solved. Problem fixed. Keep moving. That's not a problem. A problem is we don't have any leads. We don't have any revenue. We don't have any sales. That's a problem. That thing that we talked about just now is what I like to call a happening. And you know what? I call it a happening because it's supposed to happen. It's supposed to happen. So most of the back and forth between sales and production or marketing and sales or sales and call center or call center and marketing. That all that stuff is supposed to happen in business. The biggest problem you have is that the people in those functions don't think it is. And you have leaders that try to fix it. 
The best way to fix it is to make them understand that it's supposed to happen and give them a voice to say this happened. And then the person said, yeah, I fixed it. They say, awesome. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you for fixing that. So let me get kind of granular with this a little bit, because I think this is going to really speak to some people here, Patrick. You talk about fixing. I think about the personalities, though, between the operations and the sales. Sometimes it may not be the problem itself, but rather the individuals on each end and how they interpret what the other person is saying. Um, they don't say that right to me. They act like I'm, you know, we're talking about production versus sales. He just threw that contract over to me like I'm supposed to fix his problem. Um, you know, that's not my job, but you know, he's so arrogant because he thinks he's the top sales guy. He can just throw that over to me and I'm constantly having to, you know, I'm working that problem for him because of that. Or I, I guess what I'm asking you is how do you take ego into account on both the sales and the operation side to ensure that it's the problem or the disruption in the day can be solved minus these, these egos that can really start to just eat away, in my opinion, at the fabric of a culture? Uh, it, it comes down from understanding those happenings. It's it's an awakening for people to understand that. Why is it a problem that that person did that? I mean, are you going to work 12 hours in the day now instead of eight hours in the day? Are you going to not be able to solve the problem that the person created? You're not equipped with the tools to create resolution. Why do we put it in the breakdown bank as opposed to a happening prank. You know, this happened and now I'm going to get it fixed. I'm going to provide exceptional customer service to this homeowner and fix their challenge and issue that my counterpart created. That's not in my job description. Why? Forget about that. It always comes one way or it always goes another way. Just let's just be together with that one employee. Why is that a bad thing for you? Don't you, you want to be solution oriented? Don't you want to wake up today and attack the problems? Like you got the tattoo on your back that says they're not problems they're opportunities. Like, I mean, you know, people try to brainwash themselves into this notion around problems. Like, oh, I, I look at problems as opportunities to get better. The best thing you can do is not even be able to identify that they're a problem. The fact that you can delineate between a problem you don't, you're, you don't get to be the judge and the jury on what should happen. You got a flat tire. That shouldn't happen? We have salespeople that lie or make a mistake. In what world can we create a scenario where that never happens? So it's not a problem. It's a happening. You know, and so you have to try to get them. And it's like, you know, it's the same thing. People want to be empathetic until, until they disagree with somebody or they can't, they can't stomach somebody's point of view. You know, they can't put themselves in somebody else's shoes. You know, people want to be inclusive until they're sitting next to somebody that they have nothing in common with. Right? And people want to be solution-oriented until the solution that they're creating is to solve somebody else's issue. It just, it's just, it's just a mindset thing and you, you're going to always have it, but the best leaders don't, there's a, you, you want to make operational enhancements and improvements. I'm not saying contract compliance is great, but the notion is, is that you're always trying to fix something that might be unsolvable.
So there's an appetite or a tolerance for these things to happen, right? So there's got to be some appetite or tolerance for these. So, hey, we're going to put contract compliance in place so that these guys can't send over contracts that don't even check the box. But how do I put something in place for, how do I put something in place for, um, you know, missed promises? How do you know it was even a, an overpromise? How do you know the homeowner didn't hear it wrong? Patrick, I want to ask you a question a little bit different here. Along, you know, we've got some questions I want to ask you, but again, I'm, I'm just going to go off here because I want to know. I got to imagine we've got some sales leaders and some operational leaders out there who are, they're working their butt off day in, day out. And they may feel like, hey, I'm doing my job, but I've got bad leadership above me. And they're not, they're not producing in the way that I want them to produce. And I've got to think that there, there are owners out there who are wondering, or maybe they don't know, is it the management of the department itself, the sales manager or the people underneath, or is it the operations manager or the people underneath? How do you determine where the maybe or why the breakdowns are happening in a department? Are they happening at the level of the people doing the work or the individual manager above them? Is there something that you look at within those departments, either separately or together, that allows you to distinguish whether leadership or work is the problem when there's breakdowns? I hope that makes sense. I'm, I'm trying to- I mean, you always head. have to tie it to the result. I mean, a business that can't say, what's our biggest challenge? If I could snap my fingers and fix one thing right now, what would it be? Very rarely is it going to be, I'd like to fix the culture between marketing and sales or sales and operations. Very rarely. It's going to be, even if you ask the operations people, what do you want in life? What do you want from this company more than anything? I'd like uh, more opportunity. We need more sales, more revenue. We should expand. We should sell this product. That, that, that's where businesses, that's where if you free yourself up and you have each other's backs, then you you can focus on those things. Stop everything. Let's not worry about hidden sales. Let's not worry about hitting the revenue target. Let's worry about fixing this sales ops communication issue so that there's never any problems. There's no overpromises. There's no overpromises, right? There's no typos on contracts. There's no project managers that didn't provide a good enough experience. So the homeowner calls the salesperson and then the salesperson's like, I had to do the project manager's job. There's none of that because we fired all the salespeople and all the productive people. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, we don't have to worry about it because we don't have human beings working here anymore. That's our biggest problem. It's not your biggest problem. Show me. It can be. It can be because you're like, no, we're not collecting revenue. We're getting terrible Google reviews. So now leads are slowing. But that's very rarely the case. Most commonly, it's just about feeling. It's e am I reading that? It's, I ego, like yeah, it's ego. Ego. yeah. I shouldn't have to do this. This isn't my job. It's not in my job description. I can do it. The customer's going to be happy. They're going to pay. Sales guy's going to sell again. We're going to continue to grow as an organization, but we got a big problem. Mm. Like, so let me, so finally, no, so I'm, no. I, I, I was valuable here, but so, and I got to ask this. Let's so say, I'm 
I'm the head honcho, man. I'm selling three million a year, Patrick. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm out here. I'm your lead sales guy, and I'm saying the heck with it. You know what? I'm tired of filling out those contracts like you've got. You guys have asked me to. So here you go, operations team. You guys take this and you like it because I do three million a year. So good good luck. Patrick Fingal, CEO, is stepping in front to, to, to deal with the ego of this kind of guy, of the guy like me, who keeps on doing that. Because I know there's a sales manager who doesn't know how to deal with his top sales guy right now. There's an operations manager who's afraid to get rid of his production manager because he doesn't know what he'd do without him. How do you personally uh, deal with that ego that's in front of you that can cost so much? Uh, emotional intelligence. It's a tough mm -hmm tough keith rosen wrote a great book um and uh uh i forget what it's called it's like 10 steps to emotion, uh, emotional intelligence or something or how to be salespeople. um i can't think of it right now it's one of the first books i ever read um but i mean dude you're ted lasso at that point like, you guys watch that show like i mean you know almost anybody <laughs> yeah, yeah. In some point, there yeah, it does get to a toxicity. You 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 do. You cut that person out. And guess what? That three million dollars salesperson leaves, and somebody just replaces it. You don't lose. You don't lose three million dollars in revenue when a three million dollars salesperson leaves. You lose the delta between their closing percentage and the average closing percentage amongst the team. Right. That's what you lose. Right. So how do they impact the whole? So you know, as a leader, you know, look, I want to say, wish we had ten more of them. Right, because then we'd have ten, thirty million, three million dollars salespeople. But you can't, you can't say that. I mean, everybody's equally important. Um, so you know, I, I, you have to, you have to equip yourself with the ability to understand that person, and you have to give them a little bit of latitude. Often, often that happens because the person doesn't get enough praise. I know that that sounds crazy. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to take entitlement. So they take entitlement because I'm doing three million. I don't want to have to do this. That's not the result of doing three million. The result of doing three million is the trip I took you on. It's the project managers recording a video telling you how amazing you are and sending it over to you for sending all these jobs down the pipe. It's you know it's it's treating your star players and giving them you know, the, the, those opportunities, you know, giving them the, 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 the pats on the back, um, giving them the pats on the back, the guy is standing outside with a blower. I don't know. Giving them enough pats on the back that they don't feel the need to take. And I know it's just a tough question. This isn't as matter of fact of like, how do you go upstream on a KPI or how do you deal with change management? It's just not as matter of fact. You, you, you really, every individual's leader and every, 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 every individual is different and every leader has different strengths. And like some leaders are really equipped with the ability to deal with it and some leaders aren't, but I will tell you this, you do need to not protect your staff, but you, you know, we're a team, the whole team's a team, you know, and it's just, so you have to have a certain level of respect to be part of the culture and in the team. And I will cut out anybody. doesn't matter how much they perform. If there's toxic behavior then there's toxic behavior but i do believe anybody that sells at three million dollars does have a high level of social awareness and they do have a high level of emotional intelligence because they're going into a house and they're selling homeowners at a much higher rate in order to do that that means that they have they're equipped with those tools 
when you're equipped with those tools, that means that you're coachable, right? And you can learn and you can typically have a, a good conversation with that person. And there's a level of humbleness associated with it. So it projects out typically when there's not enough reward given, but that's like deep psychology. But you know, so if, if that person is, is, is screaming for attention is what they're doing, but they, they are smart enough to understand how they're landing. Well, you know, same thing, with, same thing with the best athletes, right? Like, you know, they're in the locker room, they got big giant egos, but at the end of the day, you know, they, they, their coaches can always kind of get them back on track. You know, Ted Lasso. You watch Ted Lasso? I told my ex-girlfriend, I'm like, I'm a words of affirmation guy. I mean, just, yeah. hey, just give me my words of affirmation is all, uh, is all that I'm looking for here, you know? Yeah, and if you'll give them to me, I'll take it. Proud of you. I'll take it typically in a negative form, you know? So, I mean, I've got so much I'm taking away from this one. First of all, this word schmark, schmarketing. Uh, yeah. Definitely stealing that one. I'll tell you that one right now. Yeah. Folks, problem is a disruption in the daily activity, breakdown versus problem and happenings. Um, it happened. Now you got to find a way to fix it. Um, these are things that are going to happen during your day. I love the flat tire example, but I think that when you know our viewers go back and they look at this one right here, there's going to be a lot of these gems that they can take out um, because I know it's going to be, I'm going to be doing some thinking about how I, how I handle problems internally within, uh, within this company. So I appreciate yeah. it, Patrick. Thank you. The most Buddha, like the most Zen you can get to is you can't define a problem versus any other thing that happens in your life. Like you're, I'm sitting in this meeting right now. I got a blower outside of my window. Some people might perceive that as a problem. I perceive it no differently than if I have to pee or, you know, whatever's happening, or you're asking me a question. It's all just the rhythms of life there. These are all things that are supposed to happen. So, you know, if you go to Gandhi and you're like, what's your biggest problems? He says, what are problems? You go to the booty. You're like, what? Talk to me about how you solve problems. He's like problems. There there's, there's no, there's no problems. There's just, it's just life. It's the same thing. We get sick. We have fights. We have to pick up for somebody else. Our kids don't pick their stuff up. They come in with a bad grade. Our project manager didn't show up today. Our installers left trash on the roof. I, you know, I don't know what you're, you know, what, what happened in the world, but it's going to happen and there's nothing you're going to do to prevent it. So the best way you can equip yourself and your employees to solve it is dispel the theory or the notion that it shouldn't happen and embrace the fact that it should happen. So, so what? It, when a problem does occur, what's the best mental mindset to solve it? Positivity, Solution. you know, uh, energy, compassion, right? That's how we solve problems, right? So sure. what what is the benefit of this declaration of I shouldn't have to do this and I'm pissed off about it? Ooh. It's, 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 it's just, it's, it's crazy. So it's, you know, it's hard to get there, but anyway, that's where you want to get to that Buddha like steak. I don't I can't even, I couldn't see a problem if it hit me in the face. I just deal with life. Then, you know, some things are easy. Some things are hard, but now I'm not going to determine what should happen and what shouldn't happen. Well, that what leads me to my, my last transition here, which you may not have a problem, but you may be frustrated with your current CRM. And if you are, they need to go over to leap to digital right now. Okay. Because yeah. let me tell you, yeah, you're they a big problem. Big problem. They got, yeah, they, that's the only problem they've really got right there, Patrick. They don't have the right damn CRM. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but folks, for real, leaptodigital.com. If you get some value out of what Patrick is bringing right here, believe me, imagine what the people are putting together over at Leap. 
get with a CRM built for contractors, the professional contractors out there. Don't be using something that's used for some brick and mortar store selling t-shirts, all right? What you want to do is get something specific for your business so you can scale and grow faster than your competition. Leap to digital.com. And believe me, we will be back with Patrick next week for another leap into the week. Hope you got some great value out of this one. Patrick, thank you so much for joining us once again. Thank you.